podcast brought to you by Tim Corker. I am so honored and really stoked to have this conversation today with a, I'm just going to call it a hero to Team Corker. Mm-hmm. Arielle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. What an intro. Thank you for having me. Well, I need you to know that, and as we were just riffing on before I hit record, that Cecily Elmis, who works with us now, has mm-hmm. such strong and poignant and beautiful memories of time with you. And mm-hmm. then since then, we have, of course, just watched your incredible online presence. And we'll make sure that that link is below if you want to follow some gorgeous inspiration. We know how to find you. Mm-hmm. And the goal of this conversation is to dive into the things we can't find out about you specifically on the gram or the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. tell us, tell us how you spend your days right now and how do you identify in 2020? Yeah. These days I identify as an artist, as a virtual storyteller. I don't love the term influencer and so when I don't have to use it I don't so I prefer yeah saying virtual storyteller and yeah just trying to figure out what it looks like to put things out in the world within this setting that we exist in and what that looks like and so those are my two my two pockets as a virtual storyteller and as an artist oh gorgeous now I mean if I may are you also a swimsuit model yeah, I guess that's a part of it as well. I I don't ever really claim, again, influencer model. Those are ter- terms that I don't necessarily claim, but they keep claiming me, I suppose. And that's kind of like how I started modeling was predominantly swimsuits. And then that's branched out into a lot of different other species as well. But that was my first, my first go around was through swimsuit modeling. Yeah. I mean, it's just... I think anyone needs to be so brave to share (laughs) any part of their body and nonetheless their body in a swimsuit. And it's Mm -hmm. just, you do it so beautifully. Your words, I like that you are a virtual storyteller and I mean, I mean, your poems really capture my heart and your ability to string words together. The way you do is, is a beautiful thing. And Mm -hmm. I want to know the intersection of, of that for you. And What does it mean for you to be, you know, all of those things and more of those things when you wake up in the morning and say, this is my purpose, this is what I'm here to do. And how does that Venn diagram overlap for you? In terms of how does what I do kind of cross culture with who I feel like I am? Oh, we can go there. Sure. I was going to say, you know, it's almost like you have worlds that you wouldn't know, you wouldn't think to overlap, mm-hmm. and yet they overlap so, it feels like so beautifully and so intentionally for you. Yeah. And so I just wondered, you know, what does that, what does that mean or how do you, what is your relationship with right. those different buckets, if you will? Yeah. Well, I never, I don't think I intentionally in the beginning of, of being a creative, of being a freelancer... I didn't set out to do any of what I'm, what I'm doing <laughs> right now. And so it's really interesting to see how they do overlap because when I first graduated, I, got, I graduated from college in 2015 and I just kind of like took the jump of, okay, I'm just going to spend the next year 
and I'm going to be a creative. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that means. I just know I feel like that's the best next step for me. And so I did that. But in doing that, it was like, yeah, you're writing and you're speaking and you're performing, but that wasn't always bringing in the most lucrative response. And so I still needed to eat. I still needed to pay bills. And so I was doing a lot of other things. So I was working for a startup clothing subscription company. I was running their social media. I was picking and styling clothes for their models. My best friend was shooting their um, all of their photos. And then I would go and post and share them. And then on the other end of, I, I was babysitting. I was working at a coffee shop. I was doing all these different things. And I realized as tedious as they were, in those present moments, a lot of what I did for other people, I'm now doing for myself, you know, organizing shoots and, and collaborating with different artists and, and doing all of that. And also knowing how to run a social media account and what that looks like. And, and then realizing like, oh, okay, this all feels so quote, quote, random. However, maybe they're creating this beautiful connectability or this bridge or this launching pad, if you will, that I will then bounce myself off of. And being a spoken word poet, there's like a way to convey that via Instagram. But then there's also not a way to convey that. <laughs> and I wasn't necessarily posting a lot of videos of myself because I, I aesthetically, I did not like the way they looked. And so I would post more more things about, you know, the, the clothes I was wearing or um, quotes that I was thinking about and things like that. And so then from that, I became more of the body positive or, or the self-love journey kind of um, advocate that I am, I think today unintentionally is just people seeing and wanting to connect with the, the brand that I was creating, you know, mm -hmm. unassumingly. And so now I kind of love all these little different pockets and they each excite me in my own way. Like I wouldn't necessarily claim myself to be a model, but when the opportunity do, does arise, I love shooting. I love being behind the camera. I love interacting with people and collaborating with different teams and different artists. But then I also love being at home and writing and, and, and being, you know, with myself and my own thoughts and, and things like that. And so they're all, it makes it very exciting. That's for sure. You know, when, when yeah. people ask like, what does your week look like? What does your day to day look like? I'm like, oh my God, this, it really depends, you know, yeah. on, on, on what's, what is approaching me that day and what role is approaching me that day, because it does look very differently from day to day. Oh gosh. Well, that's the perfect segue because the kicker to, or an impetus for this conversation was the moment that you had where Cecily was present. And mm -hmm. as she likes to remind me or tell the story that it was a very powerful moment of you taking mm -hmm. the mic and declaring that you were stepping into what was unlimited or infinite possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you remember that moment. <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't think I could ever, ever, ever forget that moment. Mm. Um, I remember all of it. Like, I don't think I, I remember a ton. Like I have some memories from college, you know, and some memories from high school and things like that. But this is like a sensory overload kind of memory. It's very distinct. It's very applicable to a lot of different situations. And, and that was a year where I was really like, what, what am I doing, you know, and why am I doing it? And then it was like this abundance of just opportunities and blessings that kind of came out once. So that attendance that I did with Cecily leading um, that immersion 
was my second immersion. I had already attended one, but only as an artist, you know, so I showed up on my evening to perform. I interacted with everyone at dinner and then I went on my way and this next time around I got to attend and also perform at the same time which was really sweet and I could only attend half of the retreat because then I had gotten my first my first modeling gig in Portugal so it was like these really crazy like opportunities all happening in the same breath and I was just like oh my goodness what is happening and so At the same time, though, I was living in a house with a family and their four kids because I couldn't afford to live anywhere else. And so I was living this really weirdly balanced space of like traveling and working with, you know, brands as big as Lululemon, but then coming home, you know, to to my literal attic room, you know, in a house with with four or five kids running around at a given moment. And it was a really humbling experience. But in that same way, I looked at these opportunities like Lululemon and like Portugal, and I had a really hard time owning those things. I had a really hard time claiming that those were moments that were intentionally intentionally and on purpose part of my story and so you know the the analogy that Cecily gave that day was about a shoemaker and a shoemaker who arrived at a town and one shoemaker looked at the town that doesn't wear any shoes and and found grandiose opportunities like oh my goodness they don't wear shoes this is great I have purpose here um, mm-hmm. I have I have you know I have things to do here whereas another shoemaker coming in and is like are you kidding me they don't wear shoes. What, what is my purpose here? Like, I don't, I don't serve anything. And so she asked us, you know, is the glass half empty or half full? And for me, it was like, I don't know, it's both, but honestly, that's not my glass. So who am I to decide how much is in it or not in it? And Um, And so, you know, this was a very open and and vulnerable space that we were entering in in these these sessions. And so she made me come up, you know, and we started talking about it. And she's like, okay, so then what does that mean you need to learn to accept? And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, Mm -hmm. I guess that means I need to believe that I'm deserving of glorious opportunities. Mm. And I, you know, answered with like a question mark Mm. and, you know, Cecily being Cecily, she said, okay, say that back without the question. Mm. And it was, I'm deserving of glorious opportunities. And then she asked me again, say it again, but this time say it with your hands out, like you're receiving. Mm. And I remember um, holding my hands out and just like, sobbing Mm -hmm. I'm deserving of glorious opportunities I'm deserving of glorious opportunities and and I I still do that poem because shortly after that I met my now husband Mm -hmm. and again I Mm -hmm. had to do the work of is this glorious thing for me you know is this glorious opportunity mine and so the day after our first date, I kind of combined that really powerful moment with Cecily and this first date that felt so magical and so, and so mine. And I wrote the day after our first date, I wrote the poem Glorious. And it was based off of this very pinnacle moment with her where I just had to unleash and receive all at the same time. And yeah, she will forever, I will talk about her until I'm 50, 60, 70 years old because she was a part of a very transformational shift for me. If it were not to have happened, I don't know if I would have been set up to receive what I'm experiencing to this day. Mm. 
gosh. You know, it, it's these moments and these intersections and it's the one conversation or the one human. And you've mm-hmm. just like, you've shaken my heart because it's the beautiful reminder that, you know, one intersection, you can turn left and it's glorious. Mm-hmm. And, and from that moment on, it's glorious. And mm-hmm. it's not to say that you don't have to question and remind yourself that there's not a question mark at the end of that, Yeah, you right. know, but it also is a great reminder that I I guess I'm mindful of this right now in this time that we're living in, that it feels like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of struggle and a lot of Mm -hmm. suffering and that is part of it. And it doesn't need to exist forever like that, that glorious exists on the other side of, of the suffering on the other side of the addict with five kids running around is a husband and your own Mm -hmm. home and your beautiful (laughs) office that's, you know, adorned with art from your friends. I mean, Mm -hmm. how cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I just, so I've been in this apartment for um, a little over a year. I had a roommate at first and then she got married last September. And so I, I was living by myself for, you know, a few months before my husband moved in and it was just so wonderful. I'd never been at a point where I could financially afford to do anything like that. I had never been at a point where I could live on myself. I didn't think that would probably ever be possible until you know finding even this moment where it just so happened to be a friend was moving out and so you know this roommate asked me to move in and she was like but I'm not gonna be here very long you know so you would have to figure it out from there but I knew I was like oh this is my this is my time to to be on my own a little bit and to live on my own and after being with a family and and the four children for four years (laughs) it was like there was no qualms with being (laughs) at all and so so even that setup was just like so on purpose. And so I've been very intentional and looking for, for the glorious opportunities um, that, that show up in life and, and being very, very, very gracious and very, very grateful for them as well. Wow. So cool. I have three questions left. Is that mm-hmm. cool? Are you Absolutely. ready? Yeah. The first, it's, it feels like three burning questions. I want you to know that. <laughs> The first question is, I want to know what you had to give up so that you could accept glorious. Mm, So much. I think I had to give up the notion that I was undeserving. Mm. I had to give up the false humility of thinking that I hadn't worked for those things, you know, though I, though I, I knew and, and believed to be divinely gifted I also worked towards that gift Mm. you know I also worked and spent a lot of nights and a lot of days you know doing awful things just because I believed in in this dream and I believed in where I was going Mm. I had to had to let go of life supposing having to look a certain way, you know, Um, the crossover of traveling, you know, to Portugal and spending a week at a, at a Malibu retreat to go, (laughs) to go back, you know, to, to a sweet home, you know, in in Pasadena filled with wild, energetic (laughs) and talkative humans, you know, there's, there's this work, you know, that there's this releasing of, having to expect, you know, life to look one way or the other. And yeah, I think it ultimately it was a lot of just 
releasing in order to make room for the glorious things. Mm, Gorgeous. So that's what you had to release. And now I want to know what is your advice for the world? What does the world need right now? If dare I say we are to even meet a fraction of the journey and the, Mm -hmm. the sweet path that you have found yourself on, what's your advice for the rest of the world? I think a lot of life is about the releasing and the making room. A lot of life is about the unfolding and the sitting um, Mm. in certain spaces. And so I think if anything right now, it's the, the permission to sit, the permission to rest, the permission to to change and unfold and release things that no longer serve you and and also the permission to find joy even here I think <laughs> that could be really hard to do yeah and especially with with everything going on and all the things that we are carrying but there is there's still room for joy yeah um, and and really making making room for joy even right. more so being I think vital to to being holistic and breathing and existing in alive human beings right now yeah yeah well said finding joy and relishing mm-hmm. in joy and it can be small and different and not any way that we once thought but it's still possible and that's pretty mm-hmm. cool yeah. yeah thank you oh. well we're at time and the last question that we always wrap these podcasts with is what is currently making your heart beat faster mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, so much. I'm I'm working on a, on my first hopefully published not by myself um, book. <laughs> and so we're like there's a there's a proposal with my words circling to a lot of different inboxes right now. And as exciting as it is, it's also like extremely nerve-wracking because I've never been, you know, in that I feel like I'm barely a fairly exposed as an artist but then there's always new layers of that exposure that happens and you're like oh how are people gonna respond is anyone gonna want this book and 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 sitting in that space so there's an anxious pumping but there's also excitability to the unknown pumping as well cool well I mean there could never be too many books in the world and Mm -hmm. I think that something that we can touch that's from your heart is is just magic. It's really, really beautiful and will guarantee to generate joy. So thank you for taking the risk and having the courage to send those words out into people's inboxes with somebody other than yourself, because just finding a publisher in and of itself is a feat. So good job. (laughs) (laughs) As you know. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Well, thank you for your time. You are magic. We I I will speak from I that I adore following all of the content, all of the syllables and the beautiful photos that you put out in the world. And I really love hearing about the heartbeat behind them. So Mm -hmm. thank you. Stay beautiful, stay bold, and we need you. Thank you.